The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, today we start a brand new series called Home for Christmas. And obviously, everything looks like Christmas. Our decorating team did an incredible job. So can we give them a huge hand? It looks awesome. It turned out so, so nice. And today marks the beginning of the Christmas season. We are exactly 24 days away from Christmas, if you can believe that. And we're gearing up for that. It's only 24 days away. And what's crazy about this season is uh, a lot of different things happen during this season. But one of the things that happens during this season is what I want to talk about today, and that is the power of expectation. A lot of expectations happen around this season. There's expectation of of so many different things. And I remember even growing up as a kid, my my dad specifically, when it came to church or or church life, he always would uh, would talk to us about uh, having a heart of expectation. He would, you know, when he was dropping us off for, youth group or dropping us off uh, for some type of a gathering as a church, he would always say something to us like, hey, we want, I want you to expect God to do something in your life when you go there tonight. I want you to expect God to do something in your friends or your situation with your family. And so it was just this heart of expectation that kind of also bleeds into the Christmas season. And with the Christmas season, there's, there's a lot of expectation. For, for some of us in the room, we're, we expect some gifts, all right? We have our list, especially if you're a kid in the room, we have our list, we're giving it to our parents. But there's always the exchanges of gifts that happen during this season of what are you gonna get for your loved one, but also what are you gonna get from them? How many of you, by the raise of hand, you would say, man, you love to receive gifts. You're all about what you're gonna get this Christmas. Go ahead and raise your hand for me. Okay, nobody, all right? How many of you in the room, you're like, you know what, I'm all about giving the gifts. Oh, look at you, you're all just so nice. You're just so nice. But some of us, obviously, we have this uh, expectation of, um, of gifts. Uh, recently, a few weeks ago in our life group, we were talking about like just the expectation of what happens around the holiday season with food. All right, like there's just a lot of good food that happens during the Christmas season. Like in, in our group, we were talking about uh, someone makes like peanut butter balls. That just sounds amazing, first of all. It's a peanut butter ball wrapped in peanut butter, praise God. Um, my neighbor across the street, she makes us Christmas crack and it's called crack because it's like addictive. It's basically like a crock pot full of milk chocolate, the best chocolate out there. I don't know why they even created dark chocolate, the worst thing ever, but it's, a, it's like a bucket of milk chocolate with peanuts thrown into it and then they cut it up and it's just amazing. All right, you guys know what I'm talking about? Christmas crack. Uh, some of us, it's like the Christmas cookies. You spend a whole day or a weekend making your favorite Christmas cookie and all different types of baking. Um, every year people just bring us tons of cookies over to our house. Um, my favorite though, like if I'm just going all like, uh, you know, gluttony here, we, had, we just had at Thanksgiving is um, baked brie. Praise God for baked brie. It's literally like, brie wrapped in like cheese, which is amazing, with then bread, and then like fig jam. Oh my gosh, it's heavenly. We had it at Thanksgiving, and that's all I wanted to have. Um, So that's like my favorite thing. Uh, A lot of times around this season, there's the expectation of parties, Christmas parties, work parties. There's expectations of holidays we're going to spend together with our friends, our loved ones. There's the expectations of kids' performances and concerts. My daughter Lydia has a concert for preschool. We have a concert here on the 15th, traveling for different concerts, all type of concerts. 
There's also uh, just certain traditions. Uh, one, one gal in our life group, her name is Bethany, she's sitting over here. Uh, her traditions in her life group, which I love so much, are like law. They're like written in stone and they will never be erased. I mean, there are things that she states in our group that it's like, it is law. We do this, we do this, we do this. And it's awesome. And you can pray for her husband, Donald. But uh, there's like, you know, certain traditions that you just have to do, okay? Uh, and this is how our family does it. There's also um, around this season, just that feeling or that sense. And I don't, I don't know, for, it's different for everybody, but uh, there's just certain smells, or feelings when you go to someone's house that you always go to, that you walk, and you walk in and maybe they have a special candle they always light or something that they make. And for me, the past several years, my mother-in-law makes prime rib on Christmas day. And it's like, oh, prime rib. You know, so there's just certain smells or certain feelings that you have uh, around this season. And, and the warning today that I really want to hone in on is that if we're not careful and not intentional, um, about this season and, the, and what it means to really have a heart of expectation. I, I feel like we're going to get caught up, and we do every year. I do too. I'm guilty of this. We get caught up in all of the food and the festivities and the traditions and the busyness and the gifts that we really potentially can miss what's the most important thing about this season. I mean, there's really only one thing that's the most important thing about this season. In fact, I don't know when this happened. Maybe it happened a few years ago or maybe it's been happening um, for a long time. But, you know, it used to be like on radio stations, doesn't matter, you know, which one you listen to. Sometimes I listen to Warm 106.9. Anyway, so that one, it used to be years ago that uh, that station would have all sorts of Christmas music on it. You know, songs about Santa, songs about Jesus, songs about festivities, all these kind of things. I don't know when this happened, if it was two years ago, five years ago, or if it's always been happening, we can debate later. But something has happened over the past several years where there are like no songs about Jesus anymore. In fact, all the songs are about mistletoe and Santa kissing, you know, mama kissing Santa Claus and Yule Logs and all these different things. In fact, a couple years ago, my mom blessed me, little sweetheart, blessed me with a pin and she wanted me to wear it wherever I went out in public. And the pin said, it's okay to wish me a Merry Christmas. And it like had lights around it. Cause like my mom was like, they're taking you know, Christ out of Christmas and you're wearing this pin. Well, I'm so sorry, I never wore that pin, mom. But as funny as it is, th th there's some truth here. That, that what happens is that if we don't posture our hearts to be filled with the right expectation for this season, I'm telling you, you and I will miss it again. In fact, um, the early church did something that I think is a beautiful tradition that puts our, our minds and hearts in the right place for this Christmas season. Um, it's called Advent, which means coming. And in the fourth century, uh, it was created basically to prepare Christians' hearts for the coming of Christ, specifically his first coming, but also his second coming. Advent is to Christmas what we would know today as Lent is what is to Easter. And Advent has these amazing themes. There's four different themes in, in Advent. They're on the screen here. Uh, one is hope. 
the, the promise of the coming Messiah. Uh, another one is peace, that Jesus being the peacemaker between God and man. Uh, another one is love. We sang it today about the reckless love of God, the love of the Father in sending his only son. And then obviously there's joy, the joy of the good news of Jesus. And what they did in the, in the early church, this is not derived from Scripture, so it's not something that's biblically like you have to follow it because it's in the Bible, but the early church decided that it'd be a super important thing for people to fast and pray and prepare their hearts for the coming of the Messiah, for Advent, for this coming, that they would put their hearts and their minds in the right posture for the expectation of Christ's birth. And today, as we look to Luke 2, it's the famous story of the birth of Christ, my hope is that we can have new eyes and, and a new understanding of what it means to be in the right posture of expectation for this season. In Luke 2, verse 1, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judah, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray for God's word today. God, I thank you so much for the posture of expectation, for what it means, God, to be reminded, God, of your birth and to put our hearts in the right place for this season. I thank you, Jesus, that your word will speak once again to our hearts and our minds. God, it won't be eloquent words or fancy phrases, but it's just your spirit that's in this room leading and guiding your people. And we thank you and praise you for it in your good name. Amen. 
So we see here in this story that Joseph and Mary, because of the census, are having to travel a long distance, right? There's the the joke or the story, but really probably Mary is more than likely on a donkey or a camel, nine months pregnant, having to travel with the expectation that the baby is coming. And we all know that expectation of what it's like when a baby's coming and how excited and anticipating the arrival of a baby. What's cool about this story is that before Christ came, the prophet Isaiah, about 700 years ago, before the birth of Christ, actually prophesied about the birth of Christ. And he said this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So we see this prophecy now being fulfilled in the birth of Christ. Joseph and Mary are having to travel away from home with this heart of expectation of Christ's birth. What's really powerful in verse 10 through 11 is the verse is the words that, that the angel appeared to the shepherd and say. Now you can imagine, we just have to kind of go back to the very first Christmas if we can. Go back to this very first moment with the shepherds, keeping watch over the flock doing their job, caring for the flock, caring for the sheep. And now all of a sudden, it says here in verse 10, and the angel said to them, the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I mean, if you think about this for a moment, imagine you're just doing your normal job duty of your, your random job that you have, the tasks and responsibilities that you have, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the heavens open, these angels start speaking to you, you would be filled with fear as well. I mean, this is a terrifying moment for them. What, you know, what is happening right now? And he says to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let me just say it again in case you missed it. And the angel said to him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you born in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Just one more time, just in case you missed it. Just one more time for you. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Merry Christmas. I mean, that's it, my friends. That's it. If this does not get you excited about the Christmas season, I don't know what will. Because this is what Christmas is all about. Now we can sit here and debate that December 25th wasn't Jesus' actual birthday, that it was sometime in January, and all you, we can do that after service. But for today, in 2019, on December 25th, we celebrate as Christ followers the greatest miracle, the most incredible love act of all time, beats all the stories in Disney, beats all the princess meeting the prince, beats it all, a savior is born who is Christ the Lord. I mean, that's it. We can go home now. That's it. This is what should be at the forefront of our hearts and minds this season. 
This is the heart of expectation that we should have for this season. It's what as Christ followers, we should be looking towards and preparing our hearts for. For today, it's trying to get our minds and our hearts in a place of expectation, thinking in our hearts, he's coming. See, what's so cool is we know he came, but we also can have a heart of expectation that he came, but he's coming again. See, think about that for a minute. That for the early church, when they were experiencing the birth of Christ, they were seeing these prophecies being fulfilled, and they're just like, these shepherds are like, we need to go in haste. We need to see this baby. This is the one that was been told about. This is the one we've been waiting for. And then once they see and meet baby Jesus, they get to leave with this joy and this hope, not just because they experienced the birth of Christ there, but they know in their hearts that Christ is going to come once again. This is what should be in preparation of our hearts. See, a Christmas home anticipates Christ. A Christmas home anticipates Christ. And we as parents and we as Christ followers must do a very, very intentional, thoughtful job at making sure that it is Christ at the center of this season. That Christ and his birth is at the center of our hearts and our kids. See, all the gifts, all the food, all the festivities, all the traditions, they're wonderful things. But if we miss Christ, we miss it all. If we miss the reason, as they say, for the season, we miss it all. I love this quote by uh, John Piper. He says, build God-centered anticipation and expectancy and excitement into your home, especially for the children. If you are excited about Christ, they will be too. If you can only make Christmas exciting with material things, how will the children get a thirst for God? Bend the efforts of your imagination to make the wonder of the king's arrival visible for the children. I just love this. I've shared about this in in another message years ago when I always preach Christmas uh, messages, but how many of you, you've all seen uh, the famous now movie called Elf? Okay, go ahead and raise your hand. You've seen Elf, all right? You can never forget a man in tights, okay? All right? But, but there's, a, there's a scene in, in uh, Elf where he's, you know, working at the toy store. And, and his boss basically says to him, you know, Santa's coming tomorrow. And you know, what, you know what Will Ferrell does? You know what Elf does? He goes, Santa, I know him. You know, remember the scene? It's just this crazy, exciting scene. Every time I watch that scene, every time I think to myself, that's how we should feel about Jesus. That's how I should feel about Jesus. Like, it's as if, if an angel was whispering to me, hey, hey, Christ, he's coming tomorrow. I feel, that's cool. Great. No, no, no. Hey, hey, Christ, he's coming tomorrow. Jesus! I mean, that's how I think we should feel about the birth of Christ. That kind of excitement, that kind of anticipation an expectation for his coming. I want to give you some, um, some handles today about what does it mean to have a heart 
and a posture of expectation for Christ's birth this season. I want to give you some practical things. A lot of times it's like we, we preach messages about Christ, his coming, and the importance of it, but how? how? How do I do this? How does my family do this? How do we make Christ back at the center of this season more than any other thing? How is Christ placed in the most important position in our hearts and lives? So I want to give you some, some handles, and this is why I encourage people to take notes, because I think it's important to write some of these thoughts down. If we're going to anticipate Christ this season, if we're going to put our hearts in this position, I think here's a few ways of doing it. One is just a reading plan with, with the family. And in my study, and I found an awesome one that we actually have available today. Today's, again, December 1. So today in the lobby, I have a, I have a plan that we uh, took off of version. It's a Bible app that's available now. And it, what it does is it goes through different Christmas carols with the devotional and some verses for every single day leading up to the Christmas season. So, so maybe for you, one of the handles could be taking that plan today and deciding daily as a family, we're going to read this plan, we're going to read these verses, and we're going to talk about how this Christmas carol, this Christmas song reflects on the birth of Christ. That's just, again, one way of anticipating Christ and his birth. Another one is to attend services here this month. I think it's super important that as we anticipate Christ and his coming, come and celebrate what Christ has done. I mean, it's awesome to be a part of the family of God and be caring for one another. And it's awesome during the Christmas season to be in service and to be gathering at God's people. Let alone there's a kid's production, there's an ugly Christmas sweater Sunday. I mean, there's just fun things that happen this season, but it's encouraging to look across the aisle and see us worshiping and anticipating all that Christ came to do. This one I think is Super important. I've talked about this a little bit already, but play the right songs for Christmas. I am telling you, I'm super passionate about this. Play the right songs for Christmas. I mean, I don't know what happened about why Christ is not talked about or why the songs on the radio now are all about snowflakes and yologs, but I'm here to tell you there are beautiful, powerful anointed songs that talk about the coming and the birth of Christ. And I think those are the songs that should be on our playlist. Those are the songs that should be in our living room. Those are the songs that we should be worshiping to. I mean, we sang one today, Joy to the World, Silent Night. But it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in culture and all the Christmas songs today that have nothing to do with Jesus. Play the right songs for Christmas. My, my family and I, uh, we have an Apple TV. We go on YouTube and we watch like live concerts in my house. We like worship to live concerts. Like we, it's, it's just, that's what we do in our family. Why? Because I want to create in my family and in my kids and in my wife this joy and passion of worshiping and singing praises to God. That's a, that's a conviction of ours that we're going to sing and worship our king. So, so play the right songs this season as we anticipate Christ. A couple more here. Bless someone. Bless someone else outside of your family. I mean, one of the greatest ways to show Christ 
and his love is to step outside of your family and your traditions and your experience and give and serve others. I mean, that's what Jesus called us to do. He came, he died, he rose again, then he said, go. Go, I'm empowering you now to go. I'm empowering you now to serve. I'm empowering you now to love. With this idea comes the question that always haunts me and should haunt you. Who are you reaching this Christmas season? I mean, if Jesus called us to go and be the light and be the salt, it means that I should have personal interactions with people who don't know Christ and look at ways at blessing them to show them the love of Christ and what he came to do. Can I hear an amen? I mean, that's what this, is, that's what this season is about, to be a blessing to others. <laughs> Lastly, t- take on the Advent tradition. My family does this every single year. The themes of Advent, we set aside time and we focus on those themes each week. And again, it's this opportunity for you and I to posture our hearts in the right place for this season. I mean, if we're, if we're being honest, here's the truth. This season goes by really, really fast. It does. I mean, it's crazy to me that we're already in December. And if we don't take the time to posture our hearts in the right expectation, I guarantee you the noise of the season will drown out everything else that's most, most important. It will. it will. It will completely suck away what this season was meant to be. And so today I want to give us an opportunity to respond to Christ and to posture our hearts in this right place. Before I do that, I want to give anyone in the room an opportunity to come to Christ. So if you just bow your heads with me here in this place. Today we sing about the love of God. We're talking about anticipating and expecting Christ and his coming. Well, I want to tell you today that what's so cool about Jesus is he just loves you right where you're at today. And if you're here today and you would say, you know, I'm not a Christ follower. I I want to know Jesus. I want to have him be at the center of my life. I want to surrender my life and my will to him. I want to be saved. Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and for me. And so if that's you, you say, you know, I want to know Jesus. I want to know his love. I want to know his grace. I want to know his mercy. I'm just going to ask you just by simply just raising your hand, say, hey, count me in. I want Jesus in my life today. Is there anyone here? Okay, one, two, thank you so much. Three, thank you so much. Anyone else with these three hands? You can go ahead and put your hands down with these three. You can put your hand down, sweetie. Thank you. Anyone else with these three hands, you want to say yes to Jesus today? Well, if you're a Christ follower, will you pray this prayer with me? And if you raise your hand, you're just going to pray this simple prayer. Just say, Jesus. Come on, church. Say, Jesus. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I accept the free gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate those three? Come on, that's awesome. So here's, here's what I want to do today because I know we, we'll be leaving here shortly, but I want to just put us in, in a heart of expectation here. I want to give you an opportunity just sitting where you're at. We're just going to sing one song here at the end. just want to put yourself in, in that place of 
Maybe for you it's the shepherds. You know, we talk about when we read the scriptures, we have to place ourselves in the story. Maybe you're the shepherd today. You're just out doing your normal routine, your normal thing. And just imagine what would have been like on that, on that day when these angels appeared and said, I bring you good news of great joy. A savior is born. And so as we sing this song today, as we just take a time to worship here as a church, I guess I just want for you today to anticipate the coming of Christ like you never have before. And as you anticipate his birth, I want you to also think about the fact that he's coming again. He's coming again. And therefore we can have hope. Let's do that today as we posture our hearts in the right place. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you want to keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.